Hey guys, it's Robert Gardner with the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. I had an interesting conversation last night with Jordan Cash and decided it was time to have somebody on the show and talk about politics. (laughs) (laughs) Business stuff. So uh, Jordan, can you tell people at home uh, just like a little bit about you and uh, your background? Sure. Uh, My name is Jordan Cash. I'm a massage therapist from Central Kentucky. Um, I've been in the massage world for about five years. Uh, I do mixed modality therapeutic massage with a big focus in chronic pain, long-term complex conditions, and trauma-informed massage. Uh, Those are sort of all of the things in my wheelhouse. And that's the deal. Yeah. Cool. How long have you worked as a therapist? Five years. Five years. Okay. So seasoned. Seasoned. You have some more wounds at this point. You could say that. Yeah. (laughs) So uh, how long ago did you join the Reboot Insiders Club, like our subscribers group? You're going to laugh at this? Literally last night. Okay. I thought it it was just a day or two, but I wasn't wasn't sure. Not even a full 24 hours. It was (laughs) like you walked into the group and you went... And you, you did this inadvertently, by the way. It was like you saw a hornet's nest and took a stick and went, quack, quack, quack. <laughs> to me. That's kind of what I do. <laughs> the, the question was, and, and you can, can, you, can you kind of phrase, paraphrase what you asked? Uh, what did I ask? I asked... Um, well, first, I had some notices. I had noticed a handful of times in uh, seeing you talk in other groups and other people talk about you in other groups yeah. um, that the work that you do is not time massage, period. Um, and also that some people would say that it's not massage at all. And, and to be clear, that was other people in groups saying that, not me. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Or you addressing that uh, in an offhand comment, uh, not necessarily with like an answer, but, you know, people say this about me. Um, yeah. But then no actual redirect back around to why so, that is. Part, part of the problem is I'm a philosophy student by prior training. So I have no problem in the middle of a class going, well, what is time massage? And then they spiral out of control, and I go, well, what is massage? And then it spirals out of control and causes me a ton of business problems. (laughs) Because the students aren't there to philosophically speculate about the nature of the good or whatever philosophy trope I'm on that day. I've been a body worker for 20 years and I've been teaching time massage probably for well over 12. Um, the work was passed on to me as time massage. It was taught to me as time massage. It was primarily mat based, but I never felt like even when I was being taught that it was like a new set of limitations. It was just a different framework that was mat based. Um, and over time, what's happened as, as, as Thai massage has filtered out of Thailand and Westerners like myself have 
put their spin on it, it's it's changing from its more, say, traditional form in Thailand. Now, I run an event in Austin called the Time Massage Jam and did for years, and I laughed one night because I, I went to the Time Massage Jam, a young lady was there, and she had, she had just recently gone to Thailand. And I, I really perked up and like listened because I knew it was, I was about to hear something cool. And she said, you know, I really, I really wanted to know, like, what's the, the real Thai massage, the traditional Thai massage? What? And she said, I went all over Thailand, and she's like, everybody did it differently. I'm like, welcome to body work. <laughs> that notion is changing because there's been a pushback to teachers like me by the traditional Thai massage community. The traditional Thai massage community is basically bolstering tradition and saying, nope, can't change it. Nope, this is, this is a sacred tradition handed down from the Buddha and the Buddha's doctor. You have no right to change this religious tradition. I grew up in South Louisiana, an hour away from the birthplace of jazz. People will argue about what jazz is. They will argue about how gumbo is made. They will argue about the ingredients in boudin. They will argue about the difference between Cajun and Creole food. And people all make it differently, and they kind of argue with each other about what the tradition is. Make sense? Yes. <laughs> like, you're in Kentucky, right? Yes. Do you drink bourbon? I do. Does, does bourbon have a strict legal definition? Yes. Is moonshine sort of. bourbon? No. And then it's like, well, what's the difference between whiskey with an E or with, and it's like, you get into, the, it's like, well, the bourbon's got to be 97, 8, 98% just corn mash. And, you know, it's like, it's corn, it's not other grains and, you know, it's, but then it's like they can make it with rye, and then I don't know where the, the, the labeling laws change. There are no such laws in regards to Thai massage. That pause you right there, actually? Yeah. Can you give me a sort of uh, very basic overview of what is like traditional Thai massage? And then we could talk about the differences and no, you can't. Okay. No. Just so, <laughs> it, well, here's the thing, and I, and I say this um, to not disparage. I, I want people to understand that, like, I'm not making fun of people or whatever. It's like the re the reason I bring up food and like bourbon and, and stuff like that is uh, for the same reason, I'm sure. Well, the thing is, like, we, we so if we talk about Southern food, mm -hmm. like, ooh, Southern, I love Southern food, rice and gravy and gravy and biscuits, and you know, but do they make the food the same way in Kentucky as they do Tennessee? Probably not. As they do in Virginia and West Virginia. Probably not. And Georgia. And, and that's the thing. It's like there's regional variations. So I, I remember long ago, um, somebody in a group, I was, I was getting ready to go teach in New Jersey. And uh, the students who were interested in potentially taking the class said, hold on. <laughs> I was teaching a time massage class. And they said, are you teaching northern style time massage or southern? style Thai massage and I was like hold on what do you believe is the difference between northern <laughs> style and southern style 
And they're like, well, I, I took a class in Southern style and the, 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 the instructor had us chant for like three hours at the beginning of class. And I said, I'm an American. I'm not teaching traditional Thai massage. I'm teaching a blend of what I believe is probably Northern and Southern style as far as techniques and application. And I think that it's a, a uniquely American style of Thai massage. I call it Dirty South. And my fans <laughs> lost Here it. They were like, die, they were dying. It was like outcast came into the room, you know. Like, oh my gosh. Because I'm, I'm playing with the trope, right? The, the challenge is in Thailand, um, I was told at one point there was a, a conference of Thai massage practitioners because they were kind of getting the community together to kind of form standards and, you know, whatever. And basically in, in Thai massage, there's a system of energy lines called Sin. And there were Thai massage masters at this conference who basically started arguing about the number of Sin lines and then about the location of those sin lines. And the debate and arguments became so heated that the entire conference just disbanded because people were getting into fights. Wow. Because the ties are arguing about what the tradition is. I personally was never interested in traditional Thai massage in the sense of not where does it come from or what's its background or, you know, not that. It, it was like I wasn't interested in just doing traditional Thai massage. When I encountered other things, so I'm a massage therapist first. I went to massage school and studied Swedish and deep tissue and table work. Um, I started doing yoga just before I discovered Thai massage. Did I ever, like, not take things I'd learned from yoga and just incorporate it? No. I'm a syncretist by nature. In, in New Orleans, like when it comes to jazz, do people say, nope, you can't use that instrument? Nope, you can't do it that way. Nope, you can't electrify it. Nope, it's got, nope, it's got to be traditional. And it's like, ugh, like traditional jazz is like, like you, the only th core thing I can get out of like what the definition of jazz would be and I know this better than I do bourbon, is improvisation. Otherwise, jazz is kind of like amorphous. It, it changes. It's the nature of the, the beast in a way. Um, bourbon is the same way, for the record. The only thing that makes a bourbon technically bourbon is it has to be made uh, of 51% corn. Oh, 51%. Okay. 51%. The, the rest of the uh, the makeup, it can be pretty much whatever you want. And uh, there there is a lot of debate about what that should be, just I'm sure, just like with jazz and time massage. But yeah, uh, that, that is the, the one fast and hard rule. Yeah. So the, the challenge is I'm not able to give a, an extremely distinct definition of what traditional time massage is. Thai massage definitely, as it has uh, grown and flourished, has had like a 
third party market of Westerners going to Thailand, picking up the work, and then like it's spreading out into other countries. So it's not uncommon, for instance, I've had clients who travel through Asia and they go to Korea and get a Thai massage, and they go to Japan and get a Thai massage. Because people are, are picking up pieces of it and sort of exporting it, and then it's like changing it in various ways. And when I talk about food, it's because I, I like, uh, Marion Narby is a, a wonderful, she's half Thai, half Australian, she has a cooking show, and she makes this Nam Prik Pao. Now the Nam Prik Pao is basically Thai napalm. Like this curry paste <laughs> is so spicy, like I have, I've cauterized my innards with it. Now, when I make that Nam Prik Pao, that's pretty damn close to traditional Thai cuisine. But when I make it, is it traditional? It's a fair point. And, and the thing I mean, is, I don't think the body work, I don't think the body work is that much different. If you took me right now and we went to Thailand and I went and studied with Pichette, I'm fairly certain that I could sit down in Pichette's studio and he would have me work on him and he would work on me and then I would work on people and then he would just be like, good, good, good work, good work. There would be no conversation about tradition. And then if I did something wrong and he kind of chastised me and was like, go across the street and go meditate. I'm like, yes, sir. Because I'm in Thailand. Like, this is your yeah. country. These are your rules. You need me to go meditate, then I go do what the teacher says. Right. But this teacher philosophizes and asks too many questions and pisses off the students because the students don't want questions. They want a bedrock of this is the solid foundation. And unfortunately, in the massage industry, that solid foundation is crystals. It's not science. Massage therapists glaze over, if I talk about two subjects, science and marketing and business. If I talk about those two subjects, they're like, I, don't wanna, <laughs> I wanna talk about energy. And I'm like, energy, cool, what is energy? And they're like, fuck you, Robert. I, and I'm like, cool, it's fine. You can hate me all you want, but these questions aren't going away. <laughs> so we don't have a definition of what traditional time massage is to me. And long story short, as I continue teaching, making workbooks and DVDs, making video and really like skewering that, as my clout grew, the traditional Thai massage community stepped up and said, nope, what you're teaching is not Thai massage. It's not Thai massage. And I'm like, okay, next. And they're like, well, it's, it's not Thai because the theory is not Thai. And I was like, hey, I don't know how to tell you this, but if the theory has to be Thai, it's probably 2,000 years old, and it's not based on science, and it's not based on a culture that had antibiotics <laughs> or deeper scientific understanding. So if the theory has to be Thai, it's not universal, and I have no interest in it. Next. I wrote 700 pages of sequence manuals on Thai massage and then nine DVDs worth of Thai massage. There's another 800 hours in the vault and I keep teaching and people are like, I don't understand. And I'm like, here's what I did. I collapsed all conceptual boxes 
and I deliver the best manual therapy I can possibly deliver. Do you want to do that or no? And they're like, you're not, I'm, I'm not playing by the rules. Fuck your rules. I don't break the law, but your culturally sanctioned boxes are very fucked up. You live in a very sick culture <laughs> that led to an opiate epidemic and the Me Too movement. If you don't think something's wrong with the culture, I don't think you've been paying attention. I'm providing an antidote. You just don't like when somebody does something different and what's worse, does so successfully. For me to just buck the system and go, no, let's change it, is like a, a, a thorn in people's side. Okay. Now, do my clients or did my clients care that the work was called Thai Massage on my website or not called Thai Massage on my website? I mean, I imagine not. In my experience, clients care about results, not names. Do the clients ask you what modalities you're trained in? No, not ever. And that's the same thing. I was like, listen, they're like, uh, they would, I worked at a chiropractor's office and they're like, what kind of massage do you do? And I'm like, wrong question. Where do you hurt? Like, well, my, my neck, cool. Take off your shoes, lay down on the table, just like you are. I'm going to move you around. We're going to find out where we're going to work. And then I'd say, listen, I have a real broad background. I, basically I deal with chronic pain, but I, I'm, I'm trained in everything I could get my hands on. That there was an just, That's what I do. That, that is my whole that resonates a lot with me personally, because that, that is more or less exactly the same thing I do. I can list to you all day things that I have some sort of foundational information in, but ultimately that doesn't matter because what matters is what I do to make you feel better, more or less. Clients didn't care if it was Thai, and they particularly didn't care if it was traditional Thai. Now, if you start messing with their tacos or their barbecue, <laughs> they're Whole different get- story. Is this traditional? And I'm like, ooh, have you really looked at taco culture and barbecue? Okay, anyway, next, never, never mind. (laughs) The next issue was students. The students would take class with me, and in the intro type workbook, I would talk about sun lines, and then I'd continue to talk about pain science and anatomy. And they're like, Mm -hmm. I don't understand. Like, what about the sun lines? And I'm like, what about them? I've already taught them to you. And they're like, well, but you didn't go into more detail. And I'm like, the sun lines make sense when you work with them. And they're like, but, but I want to know about the magic energy lines. And I'm like, you believe in magic? What, what about science? And they're like, oh, why are you doing this? Oh, I want, I want the magic crystals and magic energy. Because... To me, the sin lines were just a simple map that a teacher gave to a student and said, go do 10,000 sessions. After those 10,000 sessions, are you going to work those lines the same way you did when you started? No. I mean, that's, that's true of everything, arguably. But the students... Uh, to a degree, I think push back because it's like they go to school for 500 hours. They, they get their license. What is it in Kentucky? Is it 500? 750. 750. Interesting. 
Because those extra 250 hours mean that uh, Texas massage therapists are substandard to Kentucky massage therapists. I'm totally taunting everybody, by the way. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> So I mean, through most states, I've, uh, I've looked at reciprocity in several states. And I think I've only found one that does more than these. I think it's 750. It may be 800. Yeah. Uh, they may have changed it one way or the other, but only one state that was more than like what we do here. Yeah. Which was? I want to say California, but I don't actually know that. Yeah, California, may, sure. I actually don't have a licensure. Do they? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't uh, remember. Not state. They had like a different different setup there. I don't know. I don't so recall. The students get out of school and they're, they're ready to do a massage and do massage on a table and do the basics of what they've taught. And then they wander into my practice. I don't have a massage table. I have to borrow a massage table to be able to <laughs> teach table work. Right. And they're like, w what is a massage therapist without a table? I'm like a, a really effective manual therapist. And they're like, I don't. Immediately when I put them on the mat, don't worry about abdominal work, uh, suspension, yoga therapy, positional release, trigger point, uh, using different con contact, knees and feet, like uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, putting people in joint locks, mobilize, mobilization, stretch therapy. Don't even worry about that. I just put the therapist on a mat. They're like infants again. They're like, dude, what the, like, I don't understand. What the hell are you doing? And I'm like, creating the practices of the future. And they're like, but this isn't massage. Once I take them off the table and we leave the client's clothes on and we don't use effleurage and cream, it completely fucks their entire paradigm. There's a massive pushback because they're like, this is not the thing that I went to school to study. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, I went to high school. I don't use all that stuff. I don't remember the last time I used trigonometry. Okay? But I took it in high school because it made me take it. Like, massage school is not that different. Just use the anatomy and physiology, the health and hygiene, and let's go. Let's do, let's create more efficient, effective bodywork practices so we can help clients. And let's save our body in the process. And they're like, that's absurd. There's no way. And I'm like, I am doing that way. I have been doing that way for 12 goddamn years, and you guys have a failure to evolve. Sorry. Like, I'm going to go back to work and just see clients and teach classes and teach the ones who want to come along. It's a completely viable option. But there's a pushback, not from the clients. The clients love what I do. Here's what the clients do. The clients come in and get a session. The session is three hours long. I have to peel them off of my mat afterwards and they're like, dude, this shit, oh my God. Dude, I, I wasted money on massage. Like, dude, this shit is fucking amazing. Why aren't massage therapists doing this? And I say, because they keep telling me it's not massage. And they're like, what? Are you serious? Now, a therapist will come in and get a session, completely freak out after I peel them off the mat and they're like, dude, this shit is amazing, but this is not massage. In other words, I changed the practice so much that they don't recognize it as being for them. Now, when I tell that therapist, listen, it's no big deal. Just like work with me for a thousand hours. You'll pick it up. And they're like, dude, school was 500. You want me to spend? And I'm like... What do you think mastery takes? 
Like it takes time. That's part of it. Yeah, it takes time. That's part of it too. The shift isn't necessarily um, in. Forgive me for saying this because isn't a radical idea, but the shift isn't necessarily in like the work is so different per se. It's in the system. I feel like this is not true for me. Uh, let me let me go ahead and say that. I feel like my massage schooling uh, was not traditional at all. Um, and so I, I'm not, I don't, I don't understand, I guess. Maybe that's where my question originally came from. It's like, I, I, I look at the work and I still see body work. And so I don't understand why there are so many people who don't. And I think that's the problem. I think massage schools are built to, I mean, we can say like built to pass the Embolex and get your license and then do whatever. But I think we miss the mark on the do whatever part. Massage school is it's supposed to be a foundation. It's not supposed to be the end all be all. But that's not what that's I see in the mass marketplace yeah. at all. One of the things that happened over the years was I was teaching time massage the therapists were kind of hit or miss. Usually it was just like a table therapist blending a couple moves from my table tie class, but essentially what happened is they would lose the information that they learned in class because the problem is the client's expectation was to come in, take off of their clothes. And once the client takes off all their clothes, the massage has begun and they're like, I can't move them around because they're naked. And I'm like, just have them leave their clothes on. They're like, God damn it, this is complicated. Because fundamentally, they're like, you're selling, you're selling a different service. Now, in the midst of me working on trying to figure out how to translate that to them, stretch lab, stretch zone, stretch therapy boomed everywhere. And I sat back and went, oh, wow. You know, these stretch lab ads, that looks a lot like table tie. People are clothed, they're on a table, they're being stretched, and the best part is you don't even need a massage license. And they went, what? They can't, they can't do that. And I'm like, looks like a national chain. Looks like it's spreading across the United States. It looks like stretch therapy doesn't require a license. Is that true in all 50 states? Tangent? I, I don't know. know. I don't know the laws in all 50 states. I mean, that's fair. I'm pretty sure, and I mean, don't quote me on this because I, I have not looked, but I'm pretty sure that the one local stretch place, I don't know if it's stretch zone or stretch lab, I'm pretty sure they only hire massage therapists. I'm not sure if that's a legal thing or I don't, it doesn't matter. It's not important. <laughs> oh, it's massively important, but massage therapists miss the boat. I was trying to drag them into the future and they refused and then they let people come in without licenses and take over a whole swath of real estate that I was trying to get them to take. And it was like, well, my clients don't want that. My clients want massage. And it's like, no, your clients want what you've been selling them. Now, massage therapists will go into a Facebook group and go, I'm looking for a stretch routine. And I go, hey guys, uh, listen, I'm, I've been teaching table tie for you know, 12 years, uh, why don't you guys want to do this? 
And they're like, no offense, Rob, but Thai massage just isn't my style. Now, massage therapists want to deliver a stretch routine now because they want the safe, easy path, not of creating a new service, but of doing what the clients and the public are already asking for. So now they want a stretch routine, but what they just told me is, time massage just isn't my style. Do they know anything about my style? How it's packaged, put together, no. They just assume because of the name that time massage is time massage is time massage. So I'm in the middle of rebranding to a completely new name. <laughs> the challenge is if I sit and have deeper conversations with students and I go, not just what is time massage, but like what is massage? They're like, well, you know, you need a massage license. And I'm like, not to do stretch therapy, you don't. And they, they kind of grumble, and I'm like, the stretch lab down the street is not hiring massage therapists for the most part. They're hiring yoga teachers and personal trainers. You don't need a license to do stretch therapy, so why don't we just do stretch therapy? And they're like, what the world? And it's like, listen, yoga therapy doesn't need a license. Rossiter doesn't need a license. Stretch therapy doesn't need a license. Cuddle therapy doesn't need a license. So why would I be in favor of having a license? It sounds extraneous. It sounds like a whole lot of paperwork for no real benefit. And the thing is, here's what happens. The more I ask questions, it pisses students off. And the more I engage in that and question the very bedrock of their industry, they get very angry because the curtain starts to come down and they realize they spent all this time and energy in school to get a license, but then they spend all their time arguing about sex trafficking and why they're not shutting down Asian spas and whether they have a license in their state or not and why is our industry sexualized and all this stuff. And I go, hey guys, like, I work on a mat publicly where I can film everything with people with their clothes on. Next level pain relief is not confused with sex work. Sorry. If all these other people don't have to have licenses, why do we? I'm not practicing massage. I'm practicing next level pain relief. And next level pain relief was created by the traditional Thai massage community. Thank you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for showing me the error of my ways and that it truly was not Thai. Now, next, let's go. I'm teaching from four cameras on the internet, live. Switching cameras, live. And therapists are not only confused by what I'm teaching, now they're confused with how I'm delivering information. We have a vault subscription. There's over 800 hours in it. And people are like, wait, what? You're not just giving them everything, are you? And I'm like, yeah, just whatever. And they're like, but they're not gonna take your classes. And I'm like, why? All the therapists tell me they can't learn online anyway. 
So the two-pronged approach that sporks me in the eye every day is what I teach is confusing and how I deliver information is confusing to an industry that has a very like set way of thinking about the power structure and dynamic of how information is passed on to therapists. It comes from regulators and it comes from school owners. And I am basically like some internet rapper who just turns on the camera and goes direct to consumer. And they're like, no, you can't go around the recording industry. And I'm like, why not? I just did. Let's go. Direct to consumer. Can we like talk about the irony of that as well? Because pre-regulations and pre-massage schools, like massage was taught to people directly in, uh, I mean, I mean, some people would call it a, a lineage style or like an apprenticeship or what have you. But uh, I find it really interesting that that is a, such a large holdup for you uh, is like the industry when the irony of that is uh, more or less, it seems the way that you're teaching and to some degree what you're teaching goes back straight into that massage is a passed down sort of not technique per se, but. Well, I mean, before modernization and regulation, you understand that it was just taught via apprenticeship. Oh, yeah. Per teacher to student, basically. Yep. And again, even though I have these conversations and philosophical conversations and regulatory conversations, I'm not breaking any state laws. Like, I'm not doing anything illegal. I'm just oh, yeah. looking at the structure and the framework. And then also as an educator, <clears throat> I'm teaching on the internet. So I'm, I'm going across 50 arbitrary sets of laws that are often different. So if I go to Utah and I talk to a Utah therapist and I go, listen, can you guys do intraoral work? They're like, I don't, I, 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 I don't know. It's like state laws vary from state to state. Mm -hmm. uh, Mississippi has a rule that you can't do visceral manipulation. It's very specifically written in their law. And my, the whole time I was looking at it, because I was trying to get ready to teach some stuff in Mississippi, I was like, do they make a distinction between visceral manipulation and abdominal massage? And if so, how and what? Yeah, and that's the thing. Once you really look at the law, you're like, oh, this is a bunch of better call Saul legalese, man. Mm -hmm. Ooh, this is murky. Hey, give me one second. I'm going to get some more coffee. How much do you know about uh, philosophy, like history and tradition? Probably not a lot. So this, this is me, and I, the reason I bring this up is because I think this helps maybe students in the future understand who I am. So in, in a philosophy class, this is what it looked like. You, you go to a university and the teacher, and normally it's like a really cool kind of older guy. Like I had a couple really cool philosophy professors, and, and they'll just ask a lot of questions. Like, what is, you know, Socrates, what is the nature of the good? And Socrates, I go back to a lot. And Socrates was eventually put to death for corrupting the youth. Because he took all their sacred tropes and was like, well, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? And basically, you'd, you'd go through a philosophy class with an idea of, like, what is freedom? And then you'd kind of hack away at it, and then you'd have to like kind of redefine the term. 
but you spent so many times doing that, you finally got to this point where you're like, I don't know. And at first you're annoyed because you want the bedrock, right? But you get to this point where you don't know. And for me, this is me, there was this immense freedom in a sort of agnosticism. Uh, Socrates called, they called it Socratic ignorance. I don't know. You ask questions until it falls apart. Now, I still feel a great immense like value in that process. Does the average massage therapist like that concept? I can't imagine. Most no. people do. <laughs> it, make, it makes people very angry with me very fast because they're like, he won't, he won't conform. And I'm like, why do, you want me. Me, why do you want me to conform? And they're like, well, we have rules. And I'm like, no, 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 no. But your, your culture is fucked. Your, your culture is like, listen, it's not that long ago we had Jim Crow laws. Things change. And I think, generally speaking, they usually change for the better. More freedom, more justice. It's a long arc, MLK Jr. said, but it takes people questioning things and challenging things. And I'm, I'm just in one little, bitty, one little bitty industry called massage. And I go, hey guys, why don't we work on a mat? And they're like, fuck you, you're a pariah. Like, we fucking hate you. What school owner in the United States wants an anarchist who teaches on the internet for four camera angles to come into a school and go and push a table over and go, now let's make a better foundation and work on a mat. <laughs> and that is why it's caused so many problems over time because they'll make an assumption about what time massage is. And I'm a massage instructor, and I'm NCB, TMB certified to deliver CE classes. So they think, well, he's a massage instructor, right? And I'm like, what is massage? And then I just keep teaching. It, I'm trying to figure out, one, the business side, and then I drink in my free time and still philosophize. That, that'll never <laughs> stop. But for business, I need to clarify. And one of the things I did is I said, next level pain relief. And then people went, but what is next level pain relief? And I was like... God, it worked. <laughs> they asked a question. They had beginner's mind. What is next level pain relief? I'm like, it's a manual therapy system where we deliver unique inputs into clients' nervous system to release them from pain and increase mobility. What did he just say? It's a very effective pain management system. Next level pain relief. Because now there's a blank and I get to fill it in. The problem was when I said time massage, they were coming with too many weird notions. If I'm going to compare something to something else, like if I was going to try to describe gumbo to somebody, they're like, what is gumbo? Then you're going to take the closest soup you can think of and say it's like this, but it's got a roux and rice in it. Because you're going to compare it, right? What's yeah. the difference between Brima, Shiatsu, and time massage? And we could ask this in professional massage therapist circles, and they'll they'll fight. You want to know my answer to that? I'm ready for this. I don't know. <laughs> and I feel so comfortable with I don't know. But yeah. I was a philosophy yeah. student, and that's what I spent years doing. Was like, 
watching debates fall apart and be like, uh, logical fallacy, that's a red herring. Oh, ad hominem, you're attacking the guy. Like, you guys have no debate skills, whatever. Like, this is horrible. But that's my background. It's a very effective pain management system. I don't get clients or even students telling me it's ineffective, but I get students going, this is not the thing I was taught in school. And I'm like, yeah, this is the advanced stuff, guys. You just learned the basics in school. We can continue to evolve and change it. Why don't we make the practice better for Jordan? More effective for the clients, you can make more money, and you can save your body in the process. Guys, what's the average lifespan of a massage therapist in the industry? And they're like, I hear it's like five years. And I'm like, yeah, so why don't we increase it to as long as you want to continue working? And they're like, but that's not possible. And I'm like, really? You think that's not what I'm teaching? I've been doing this for 20 years. I don't have any hand or wrist pain. I can show you how, but we have to change the structure. The fundamental mindset. And that, that process is not easy. That change, people do not, in my experience, they do not respond well, including myself, by the way, to change. They don't want to change it. I just wish it was the same. Facebook will move something and I'll get annoyed. Like, why? It's like, it's got the same functionality, but they move the like button. And I'm like, why do they do this? Why are they complicating my life? Now, if you're a massage therapist who just got all the status and prestige because you just got your license and you work on a table and you went to massage school and then you encounter me and I go, yeah, fuck the table. Let's just work on a mat. Now it's almost like you, you have to rebuild your entire practice from the ground up. That's a very disconcerting issue for a lot of therapists, for better or worse. I had a school contact me because they want me to come in and teach time massage. The school will remain nameless. Then I go, sure, I'll, I'll send you an email with some information about my classes and offers. And then like the next day I get like this uh, Facebook message and they're like, do you teach PNF stretching with active and passive? And I'm like, oh my God. In my head, I'm going, so you don't want me to teach time massage because time massage isn't what now the students are asking for. And you want me to teach proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation. And I want to go, what is PNF stretching? And here's what it's going to do. It's going to, it's going to result in an argument and they're going to be like, fuck this guy. And I lose business because the brand of time massage isn't what people are looking for. And the brand of time massage isn't medical enough. And the brand of time massage isn't clinical enough because massage therapists are the only ones who care about it because they want to show off to their other massage therapist friends. Well, I'm certified. I'm certified in PNF stretching. And I go, what is PNF stretching? And they're like, wah, wah, wah. you keep doing that. I hate that you do that. And it's like, but that's what I do. Is PNF stretching the same thing they're teaching at Stretch Lab?
hope you're not asking me because I don't know. I have not looked at no, a stretch No, no, and the thing is, I'm asking a question, but even I don't know. Not, yeah, not in a scientific, clinical way. And in fact, in classes, if I dare even bring up the word science, the students start to glaze over because they are not interested in double-blind studies. They, they just want me to tell them what the truth is. And I go, so you want me to be like a religious figure, like a guru, and just dispense the truth? I need some more Rolls Royces and access to your credit cards. Because <laughs> I ask questions, but that very process that's so ingrained in me can be disruptive to people when they're not familiar with that background. There aren't a lot of former philosophy students who almost got a college degree, got into a car accident, were in chronic pain, and had to basically prevent themselves from shooting Oxycontin or heroin. That's my massage story. And that's how I got into massage. It was not to work at a spa. And I knew, based on my stellar personality and good looks, that I had to solve a problem fast. And the problem I solved was pain relief and mobility. Over time, the more I changed the service, it improved for the clients. The clinical outcomes were better, but it looked culturally less and less and less like what people do calling it massage. Did you see the response from Beth Mingledorf inside the group? The first one, yeah. Yeah. And, and Beth was like, I told her, it was like, she's not as emotionally attached. She doesn't care. She just does her thing. But it was like, it was a little cold. It's like, well, due to massage therapist training, their failure to change. And, you know, I'm just like, ooh, I, like, ooh, I agree with you, Beth, but. <laughs> but damn. <laughs> but they don't, well, people don't want to be criticized in the process. And I, I bring this up regularly. So don't even worry about next level pain relief or my work because it's mat based. What about aquatic therapies? Why aren't there aquatic bodywork related facilities across the United States? We, we know it exists, but it's never hit ma mainstream mass market saturation. What about therapeutic flight from macro yoga? You hang people upside down off of your legs and like you move them around. Like, why isn't that? And they're like, dude, what are you talking? And I'm like, listen, the edges of what massage regulation allows, there's plenty of space. Why aren't people creating new services? And like, that's impossible. You can't improve massage. And I'm like, really? Are you sure? I think I have 800 hours of documentation showing me improving it. It's more effective for pain relief in my experience. And it's also easier on my body. Let's try working on a mat. That notion, just working on a mat, that is in stark contrast to the industry. Most therapists across the United States work for somebody else. And in the bulk of those facilities, an owner would never allow someone to do what I teach. It is verboten. Not massage. They're not even using a table. This is crazy.
So clients and consumer demand is different than therapists and like educational demands. When you think about this as a, a CE provider, as an educator, I make a living teaching at this point. What do massage therapists want in education and training? What do they really want? Do you want my real answer or do you want uh, what I would hope the answer to be? Uh, I mean, we're being real. I, I, feel, I don't feel like I'm being impolite. I'm just discussing no, no, difficult no, no. subjects. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So what do um, massage therapists want? My jaded sort of interpretation of what I think a lot of a lot of massage therapists want out of CEs is just hours, licensure hours. But, but um, they can get that. they can get that, that for free from the ABMP online. Yeah, but then they didn't pay for a certification. Why do they want a certification? Well, because we're all tied to our egos, and it all means. Because the primary motivators for massage therapists, and I'll say this, I have suspension coming out once the nationals approve it. I'm going to develop a certification track for next level pain relief. And I have to tie suspension, certification, and next level pain relief. Jordan, do you want to be a next level pain relief specialist? Ooh, I could be certified? Yeah, absolutely. Gonna, I'm going to help you and work with you on it. And if I need to do interactive live consults from four camera angles to work with you interactively from Texas to Kentucky, we can do that. I would, I would love for you to get certified. Massage therapists operate, in my experience, primarily off of status and prestige. And conveying status and prestige, their primary motivators are not money. They want money, but I don't think massage therapists become massage therapists just to make money. No. Status, prestige, and freedom. Sure. They want to be able to take time off and go on vacation. And I go, do you want to be a massage therapist or do you want to be a next level pain relief specialist? Ooh, I can be certified? Absolutely. I have to give them suspension, status, prestige, certification. Because I think, in my experience, working with therapists, that's their primary motivation. If they can't get certified, they're like, uh -huh. they would take like time massage class with me and they're like, well, how do I get certified? And I'm like, what? Certified in what? And they're like, well, in time massage. And I'm like, I don't own time massage. Like, and I would start going, well, what is certification? Pisses them off. Absolutely pisses them off. And now I say, do you want to be certified? Yeah, I want to be certified. Cool. You're <laughs> going to be NLPR certified. What's NLPR? Next level pain relief. Oh. Status and prestige. I'm only going to fight it so far, but I have to understand how the therapists think to be able to sell a different and new service to them. There are challenges in getting the students to pick it up and use it, but students will then like come into the subscription service and go, I don't understand. Is this shit time massage or not? And I'm like, 
What is like, time massage? Well, <laughs> the thing is, again, like yeah. one, yeah, yeah. we're having a, a talk, and I'm I'm going into the, some of the philosophical speculation that led to where I'm at. But long term, it's not good for business. It's much better for me to say next level pain relief. This is what next level pain relief is. These are what the sessions look like. Here's how you get certified. Here's how you continue working with me and studying. And I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to transforming the students who work with me in their practices. Because I want you to have status. I want you to have prestige. And I want you to have a lot of freedom because you're rich. Two clients a day, four days a week. You get a three-day weekend every week at $240 when I did the math uh, long ago. Uh, two clients a day, four days a week. So every week you got a three-day weekend. You can combine those days for a longer vacation if you want. If you have 16 regular clients who saw you once every two weeks, you're fully booked and you'll make $100,000 a year. Now, fudge those numbers and triple it to 60 people you work with. You work four days a week and you make $100,000 a year in private practice. Now, does it sound like you want to work at Massage Envy? No. <laughs> Sounds like I want to be a next level pain relief specialist. And I go, but that has to be built. And I right. have to see, as a, a therapist, I have to see students like Jordan winning. I have to see students like Kristen winning. I have to see students like Danielle winning and basically kicking ass effortlessly and making more money and having more freedom than the dream that I was sold from massage school. They're like, God damn, this guy Robert's kind of ornery, but maybe he, maybe he was right about some of it. I'm like, come on. <laughs> the discussion about, you know, I don't understand. Like, I still sell time massage workbooks, time massage DVDs. There's time massage on my website. My work grew out of time massage. It also grew out of yoga and yoga therapy, but I don't talk about a lot about that because massage therapists aren't concerned about yoga. Yoga to them is something that the teacher teaches the yoga and the people do the yoga, and it's not like hands-on. Makes sense? I don't think of it that way, but this is me. I start yoga teacher training this fall. I feel you. So Jennifer talk to me and she's like but robert it's not really thai and i'm like jennifer listen i'm gonna get an artist to make a drawing and there's a seed in the ground and that seed says thai massage and yoga and out of that seed grows a sprout and that sprout comes out into the sunlight and petals unfurl and it says next level pain relief and she was like oh and i go yeah i didn't leave thai massage behind you have to understand, I was trying to give homage to the Thai people. I've had Thai nationals in my classes. And these young ladies are asking me, a white guy, like, how do I sell this to these white people? And I go, I got the same problem, baby. <laughs> She's like, they're, they're like, but Robert, you've done so much to like promote Thai massage and like promote my, my people's work. And I'm like, almost crying at points. And I'm like, yes. Like, it was never... The, it wasn't cultural appropriation. It wasn't like trying to take over or, or whatever. It's like I knew that people might study with me, become interested in Thai massage, and want a more traditional track, and then go study with other teachers or go to Thailand. I'm like, great, go, go. There's room. There's room in, in the marketplace for things to grow, change, develop. Where's the Watsu? Where's the aquatic therapies? Where's the therapeutic flight? Where's the this? Where's the that? Where's the new services? 
Unfortunately, massage therapists are spending so much time just promoting the same old massage that they're allowing people to come in from the outside like Stretch Lab and Stretch Zone because they wouldn't fulfill, they wouldn't fill that consumer demand for a mobility and a stretch service. I am not a big fan of defense. I'm a big fan of offense. Go. There was a point in time where I said that I could not teach online. This is many, many years ago. The technology was not as robust as it is now. And then because I made workbooks and DVDs, you started to have a, a thing, an on, even an online thing, because we had digital copies of workbooks and DVDs. And I was like, well, I mean, they're kind of learning from the workbooks and they're kind of learning from the DVDs. Like, okay, yeah, I can teach online, but it, it's limited. And then I went, okay, do I think the internet is going to grow? Or do I think it's going to shrink? And I'm like, I think it's going to grow. And I'm like, so continue teaching online. And that's what I did. And I have a subscription service for $7 a month that's basically affordable to almost everybody on planet Earth as long as you have internet access. People fight me and want me to raise the subscriber fee. And I'm like, no, I don't need to. Just leave it $7 so it's affordable for people. And it's like it causes a conniption in people because they're like, like, you're giving away the secrets. And I'm like, what secret? Like, there's nearly 2,000 videos on my YouTube channel. This isn't a secret. I've been trying to give the shit away. I thought about running an ad through social media where I basically begged spas and facilities to go into my subscription service and just steal my work. Please, would you just steal it? Would you just steal it and, and start teaching it so I can become rich and famous? Like, I know they'll come to me and subscribe eventually, but like, why, why aren't you stealing? I've made it so easy for you to just steal my work. Just let's go. Like, I'm trying to help people and put out for like mass exposure. I know that students like you will come from Kentucky or I will go to Kentucky or vice versa. Some of them will train with me interactively online through private live streams. Some will do group classes with me in person or online. There's just a multitude of factors and I just keep providing more information. I know that the way I approach education is confusing to students because again, they're used to thinking of uh, in-person and they're used to thinking of um, through a massage school. But in my experience, every time I go to a massage school, it starts to cause a kerfluffle because Robert is not, he's not, it's just painfully obvious that he is, doesn't give a shit about our culture. We have a way of doing things and he bucks the system. Makes people uncomfortable. So does that tell you whether it's time massage? No. Yes, but no. And to me, it depends on who you ask. And it depends on how they interpret it. Consumers, in particular, will often, like through students, I get feedback. So students, clients, will say, yeah, this is kind of like the time massage I had, but this is better. And it's like, They'll ask why, and they're like, 
you just spend more time like working on specific things like it's not as like brutal stretching as some of the time massage i've had before S something along those lines uh, sometimes i'll hear that time massage is painful and i think that i i tweak how i teach it in a way that i'm like yeah it can be intense but you don't want it to be painful for the client And if you really want ugly opinions, go, go find some time massage teachers and ask them about me. Mm -hmm. There we go. They helped create what I do. I mean, do you see arguments in the marketplace about what shiatsu is? I don't, but I also uh, don't look for them. I don't care for arguments either. That's, that's the other sort of part of that. I'm perfectly happy to let people be and do and exist. So maybe I'm the wrong person to ask. Well, from a business standpoint, I wanted to have the conversation because I wanted to clarify some things and maybe put it okay. out in a slightly different way because it's in a podcast format where we're talking. Okay. The other part is, if I'm not careful, it's bad for business. Because the students don't want complexity, and they don't want questions and philosophy. They want the status and prestige conveyed by the stuff, and primarily the foundation and the focal point that I had was, take the work and give them a better service with a better brand, and a better name and better marketing and say, listen, the, the vault's there. If you just want to call a time massage, call a time massage. Don't care. But I want you to be next level pain relief certified. You mean I can deliver next level sessions? Yes, you can. Would you like to be a next level therapist? Ooh. Yes. Now, I've got students who've never studied with me in person. Rochelle, Michelle Ratz McGuire is in a Waterloo, Ontario, Canada. It sounds like she's transitioned the bulk of her practice to mat-based and clothes-on. I've never, I've never trained her in person. She's working with me interactively online and about to start the apprenticeship. But what is a massage therapist who doesn't work on a massage table? Again, I'm probably the wrong person to ask because I still see a massage therapist. I still see a body worker, someone doing the thing. The thing. And legally, when you dig from state to state, wildly disparate laws. Most therapists yeah. don't deal with it because they're not traveling from state to state. But as an educator selling information on the internet, I got people in Serbia buying stuff. Yeah. Like... I don't, I don't know what the laws are there, nor do I care. I'm like, I, I'm just selling information. You get into some weird um, discussions about that, and massage therapists will get huffy. Uh, Jennifer Brooks was talking about this. There were some therapists in Washington State who were getting upset about Stretch Lab and Stretch Zone, and then they were saying that the Stretch Lab employees were using, like, 
some sort of massage guns or something like on the the people a that were coming. Or and I go, I mean, okay, go get them. <laughs> like the massage police, woo woo, you know, like go go get them. This is certainly a danger to public health. Like, I don't live in Washington State. I don't know all the laws in Washington State, nor do I care. Like, let's just keep building and, and work with students. I don't hear that the work is ineffective. I never hear that. What I hear is, this is just too different. This is, this is weird. Local massage schools, the, the word is on the down low, that local massage schools tell people not to listen to me. Because I'm corrupting the youth. I'm presenting an alternate paradigm, and it's fucking up their curriculum because they're like, this guy on the internet won't shut up, and he even lives locally. And they tell the students, don't listen to him. We are the authority figures and leaders. You do what we tell you to do. You're a massage therapist. I can uh, use four cameras right now and I can stream into any massage school in the United States for free. How many school owners contact me and say, Robert, would you like to come in and just completely fuck up and disrupt our entire curriculum and introduce anarchy? And I go, I would love to. That would be wonderful. You present a different way of doing things. It's not illegal. It's just, it's a different enough service. <clears throat> um, a, a yoga teacher will take like a piece of what I do and like add it into their shavasana or like step on a student's forearms or something. And they're like, they can't do that. That's illegal. And I'm like, uh, like, I don't know how to tell you this, but yoga has no license. There's no law that tells them what is or is not yoga. Like, are you really going to massage police this? Woo, woo. Let's, you know, it's like massage regulation. They're busy trying to set, shut down like human trafficking organizations and prostitution. You think they have time to go work with some yoga teacher who put a foot on somebody? Four camera angles, global reach. Now, why aren't the subscribers in my subscription service begging me to teach them two hours a day, five days a week, 52 weeks a year, and give them another 500 hours of footage yearly? Because the students who are already studying with me online are going, but we can't learn online. And I go, what is online? And the whole shit falls apart. Because I go right back to philosophical thinking, and I go, is a book online? Is a podcast online? If it goes in your ear, it's a different one that goes in your eye. Blog post? Social media? TikTok? Can you learn things on TikTok? I mean, what do you think happens at an average massage school when I walk in and talk about the importance of making video on TikTok?
I would be willing to bet many of them probably roll their eyes. They're they're still teaching the marketing from the yellow pages. Hmm. They're not preparing the students for the marketplace they're about to enter. And for the most part, as massage education and curriculum has become more standardized, they're just getting them ready to be able to go to a massage mill and work for someone else. They're not really doing a huge amount, for the most part, to train them to work in private practice. And I know, I know there's an educator out there, a school owner, who's going to take umbrage with this and get all angry and be like, not my school. And I'm like, great, not your school. Great. I'm glad you're an outlier. But I'm looking at 50 states and, you know, 100 massage schools per state or whatever in various cities, and you're dealing with a mass market consideration. The most common thing I get told is, but I can't learn online. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with that. It's like Michelle Ratz McGuire is learning online. Beth Mingledorf has learned some online and in person. Especially once you've got the foundation from school. I go to a, a school, they finally let me in. Uh, I get ready to teach class. I'm setting up cameras and they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, setting up a camera to record my class. And they're like, we don't allow that. And I'm like, well, it's my class. How do, how do people feel about recording everything when we work in an industry full of naked people? It is painfully obvious that we need to get away from Robert. This is very scary. He is not following the rules, and it's just obvious he does not care about our culture at all. He doesn't dress professionally. He drops the F-bomb constantly. He keeps asking all these questions, and it makes the students upset. And then I go home, turn on the cameras, keep teaching, keep making video, keep podcasting, keep talking to people. There are people sometimes that write me in my social media and they can't believe that I actually answer their messages. And I'm like, I don't have staff. You're a subscriber. You subscribed, uh, how long? So yeah, you subscribed within 24 hours, asked a question, <laughs> basically walked up to the hornet's nest and went whack. <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe it's time to have another conversation. Anybody can do this with me. If I go to massage groups and try to get people on the podcast, they fight. They're like, I don't want people to see me. You know, I'm like, podcasting is not new, folks. This is not new technology. This is just having a conversation and recording it. Like, there's a lot of room for growth in the industry, a growth which I think I represent. And for however poor my uh, sense of humor is, and however poor my social skills are and my language is, I'm just trying to expand the parameters of what therapists can do. And that alone seems to cause some friction because they want and they feel comfortable with a certain degree of homogenization and standardization that I don't really ascribe to. I really want to create a practice where Jordan has a choice. And you get to expand your practice to the point you want to. If all you ever want to do is table work, I don't look at your practice and think it's lackluster or less than. It's like, no, you're doing what you want to do. That's what I've been trying to create for students. For me, I just kept 
doing what I wanted to do, and I wound up doing mat base, three-hour session, suspension, abdominal work, chronic pain relief, yoga therapy kind of combined, and then the clients loved it. But that practice is so different than the mainstream that it requires a different level of marketing. And remember we talked about status and prestige? Until there is a brick and mortar, a lot of massage therapists won't believe it. Because brick and mortar in our industry is status and prestige. You have to have a brick and mortar facility, hire other massage therapists, train massage therapists in what you do and have them do it. I've had students in classes ask me why I'm not starting a place. And I go, huh? They're like, why don't you, I want a job. Like, why don't you start a place that does this and hire me? And I go, give me 60%. And they're like, aw. I'm like, dude, I'm giving you all the chops to be able to just run your own practice and keep 100%. Why, why do you want me to take half? And here's what it is. They don't want to do the business and the marketing. Mm -hmm. They want me to do that. And I'm like, are you really sure you want me to be your trainer, educator, and boss? Are you sure? Because you think I'm bad as a CE provider. What do you think I'd be like as a boss, a manager? Are you sure? Is that, is that what you want? <laughs> Most therapists are completely fine saying they do integrated work. Multimodality, like they're blending stuff that they've learned in a, in a new way. Uh, students that's love literally the thing that I told you, yeah. What's that again? That's literally the thing that I said to you an hour ago. Yeah. yeah. They, they love, uh, yeah. Stuff like cupping in particular. Cupping has grown in the last several years. Mm -hmm. And I would look at it and it's like, I don't know a lot about cupping. I don't teach cupping because I don't do it currently. It's not because I think it's bad. I just, it's not something that I currently know about and feel comfortable teaching or whatever. And I go, why do they like cupping? And it's like, because the foundation is exactly the same. You add some cups, save your hands, gives you a new tool. The problem with what I teach is we have to change the foundation, which meant that basically I had to recreate core curriculum online to give the students who wanted it enough foundation and support to be able to, to, be able to understand how they could change the practice to make it mat-based. Core curriculum in Texas is 500 hours. I have 800 hours and growing in my online subscription for $7 a month. And I go, listen, for the eight grand you paid massage school, I think you can study with me for 95 years online for seven bucks. <laughs> now, I know some people think, again, uh, you said something about somebody on Facebook, about my ego or something, and it's like, I, okay. Cool. If, if you're out there and you're watching this and you want to talk about my ego on podcast, please, come on. I'll let you criticize me, call me names, curse me out. I'm amazingly amenable. Now, I'll call you out on your ad hominem. I'll call you out when it's a very poorly set up debate and discussion. You know, I'll call you out when I think your logic is flawed. But, you know, I accept criticism and I've had to learn how to have a tough skin. 
I'm trying to change things for the better, but change is very uncomfortable to people. But I don't know any way of making the world a better place without initiating some sorts of change. I am not refusing massage and table massage. I'm not refusing regulation or school owners the way things are. They're spending all their time blocking me and saying, you can't do that. I live in Texas, Texas, and I live in central Texas. So uh, how far do you have to drive to get to the closest state to you? Hour and a half, maybe? Hour and a half. Okay. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in central Texas. I can drive eight hours south and still be in Texas and Brownsville. Mm -hmm. I can drive eight hours east and I'll be in Baton Rouge in Louisiana. I can drive probably three, four hours, maybe. Maybe a little more than that and get to like Oklahoma. I'm in central Texas. People don't realize this, and this is a sort of regulation stuff I deal with. In the state of Texas, which is my home state, it's where I live, I can teach classes, I can't teach any hands-on instruction online for CE credit. Zero. Which means all that stuff I talked about where I'm flipping camera angles live and doing consults with students and working with students, I can't provide CE credit in Texas that way. Mm -hmm. Now, why would there be a law against that? I mean, in this age, and they didn't even waive it during COVID. You still had to get your CEs in person. Didn't even waive it really? during COVID. Oh, wow. Now, Dang. why? I mean, I'm sure they would tell you because we're a, a hands-on profession. Well, to protect the public. That's always what it's about. It's about protecting the public. And it's like, here's the deal. If we eventually get to the time where the state of Texas removes that law, I will give away free CE credit for the rest of my life to every Texas massage therapist for free until I'm dead. Because they're using laws to block competition. The laws are set up to block me from doing what I'm doing. And if you can't give CE credit, it doesn't have the status and prestige that therapists want. Now, do massage schools want me giving away stuff online and basically crushing the CE market? I guess not, no. Why would they want competition? Like, he doesn't have a massage school. He can't do that. And I go... I mean, but I'm teaching people online. What's a big deal? They have to be in my physical presence for me to give them CE credit in Texas. What's even more fun is I taught a class online. I was reported to a Karen, who will not be named, who lives in another state. So a, a young lady took a class with me online, did not like the stuff that I said, which was not illegal, by the way. It was just she doesn't like my personality. She doesn't like the little peep t-shirt. She didn't like my cursing. She didn't like whatever. She reported me to TDLR. I get a letter now every three months from TDLR telling me they're still looking into the case. 
and they go, what did you do? And I said, listen, I don't have to tell you what I did. You have an entire video of what actually happened. Like a student called me and instead of like asking me questions, which is why I provided my phone number, they fucking cursed me out and then hung up on me in the middle of a live class I was teaching online. Now, do you want to hear what's really fun? So a therapist out of state reports me to TDLR. TDLR is busy dealing with real problems related to sex trafficking and prostitution. I'm the least of their worries. TDLR looks into it and basically I'm sitting there going, wait a second. The state of Texas doesn't allow me to teach CE credit online as hands-on instruction. So what I'm doing teaching on the internet has nothing to do with the state of Texas. It's out of your jurisdiction. If the state of Texas doesn't allow me to teach CE credit online, then TDLR has no stance to do anything because I said something on the internet that people don't like. The lady's never been in my physical presence and reported me to the state regulatory board. And then people wonder why I'm a little grumpy. <laughs> it's like, but I created technology that allows me to like do this interactive online training. Does, does any massage school in America write me and ask me how I'm doing this? Robert, could you assist us doing this with our curriculum? No, I'm a pariah. They're like, this guy's got to go away. This is trouble. This guy's going around waving a phone talking about TikTok. How many time massage teachers are promoting TikTok video? Probably none. I'm a, I'm a very non-traditional time massage teacher. Let's put it that way. Now, you are a new subscriber. You got yep. a very acerbic, uh, poked the hornet nest uh, conversation <laughs> with me. And I really respect it. I was like, yes. I was like, somebody using this group for what it's intended for. Let's, let's have it. <laughs> Do you have specific questions about what I teach or is there something that I can help you with since you're already here? Uh, dang. A anything, business, marketing, technique? Uh, no, I don't think so, no. Um, I like to sit with a question before I actually answer it. Are you primarily working for yourself? Yes. I hit my one-year anniversary yesterday of being entirely private practice. Did you get nervous when you went into private practice for yourself? Yes, but uh, it's largely because I started in private practice and failed. Um, I did private practice for almost a year before I went to one of the chains in the area because I wasn't making any money. Yeah. Um, couldn't support myself and my spouse and all of, all of that good stuff. I wasn't, I wasn't prepared. Uh, and so I did the the chain spa life for a while until they didn't like me very much anymore. So <laughs> the spa didn't. I also um, have too many opinions and ask too many questions. So yeah, perfect. <laughs> so you're I a perfect left. student. <laughs> <laughs> like she's causing problems for people. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's. That was my whole thing. They liked it a lot when they um, perceived me as being on their team. 
And the minute that I started questioning the way that things were done and asking questions about how to make things better, they did not like that very much. And that did not sit well with me. And so I left. Yeah, Th that, that thing, I thought I was just a troublemaker. But I didn't have the word for entrepreneur. Once I really worked for myself, I was like, oh, dude, like that's almost like a psychological set. Like entrepreneurs, that's what we do. Even when we work for somebody else, we're like, well, we could, we could make it better. We could just change it just a little bit. And they're like, you do what we tell you to do. <laughs> I got fired from a lot of jobs. <laughs> I got fired from a lot of jobs and not once did a boss pull me aside and be like, you should be an entrepreneur. <laughs> I had, like, um, get out of here. <laughs> yeah. No, my boss was very surprised that I um, chose to work there and work there as long as I did. I worked there three years. Uh, I was their lead massage therapist the whole time, uh, the vast majority of the time. And um, he was always very surprised, I think. Uh, and the owner of one of the other uh, big massage places in uh, town, always, he saw me as a client, always told me that, uh, you know, he was very shocked that I worked for someone else and he was just waiting for me to go do my own thing. How are you doing the bulk of your promotion to be able to get clients to clients? Um, largely through one specific of my like local Facebook group. It's huge. <laughs> and uh, they do like small business posts or whatever. Um, but probably 50% that and 50% the clients that I already have telling everyone else how wonderful I am. It's a little bit 50-50 word of mouth and social media. How active are people on social media generally, like in your area? Because I find it's different in various parts of the country. Um, I would say pretty active. Um, there's not a whole lot to do here. So uh, I think social media helps keep people occupied and in, in touch with other people, even though I don't really actually totally believe that. But. Yeah. Have you tried any um, ads on social media, like Facebook ads or Instagram? I have Facebook ads and Google ads, and I found that they were mostly useless for me personally. Hmm. Which, so in, in other words, how, how, much, how much money did you spend? And then did you get any clients from it at all? Um, I probably spent, I don't know. Probably top end, maybe a max of $500. Not a whole lot. Not Is that a whole for lot like a month or? I don't know. In the early in the early stages, probably the first maybe couple of months. Um, and I've got, I don't know, maybe three to four clients out of it. I don't know that. Did it pay for itself? I really don't know. Hmm. I know, that's not a good answer. Yeah, the platforms have changed over time, and I wonder about this because I could help students more if I could figure out a fairly consistent way to help them advertise their practices to like draw people in via video. When you ran right. the ad, was it just like a graphic or was it a video? It was just a graphic. No, it was just a graphic. I have found that, um, and I don't do this as much as I should, and I'm very super aware of that, 
but uh, people are very interactive with like Facebook Live, like that kind of format, uh, which is why TikTok does so well because it's all that format. Uh, I'm not on TikTok. I arguably should be, but I'm not currently, and that's okay. I just branched out to Instagram like two months ago. <laughs> yeah. Behind the times. Yeah, if, if you continue practicing uh, what I'm teaching, and I know you just joined, um, because the work is closed on, you can film and photo document more. Right. I encourage students to just grab a client, put the phone on a tripod, press Facebook Live with the client's consent. They can sign a little AV waiver. waiver. Uh, it's yeah. attached in the documents inside the group. If you need access to it, just let me know. I can email you a copy. <laughs> But it just allows you to use their stuff in your social media or whatever. Perfect. But you just talk to the camera just like you're talking to me. Hey, guys, I just want you to show. I'm going to work on Colleen here and work on her shoulder. And you just, yeah. you'd be surprised if you did that regularly. How much it, it helps. Well, the irony in that is I have clients that volunteer to do that for me. And they're like, you can totally use like whatever information. And, and I do like nude table-based like massage like yeah. tr traditional massage like they're just like yeah no like your draping is good like whatever use my likeness like i don't care and i don't it's a problem with me it's not a problem with them even or oh i mean i would i would whatever, say that you know unequivocally across the board is therapists are very afraid of uh making video oh yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely and, and usually i tell them it's they're afraid of people's judgment me, mm -hmm. what I did was I just assumed nobody liked me anyway. So <laughs> let's just make a video and like see if any clients came in. And when clients came in, I went, oh, let's do oh. that again. And then they're like, we don't like you. And I'm like, well, but clients came in. <laughs> like this way I'm disliked and I'm not broke. <laughs> um, you know, I, I haven't gone into a great detail about this, but I think it's interesting. Do you have any clients who are asking about Thing, they'll say they'll model for you. Uh, do they have their own Instagram account or Facebook account? Probably. Probably. So I would almost guarantee it. Now yeah. we're going to be more complex. So now I want you to put your phone on a tripod and face, press Facebook Live. And then I want you to stream from their account. Yeah. As well. Because now it's like you're hijacking their account to promote your stuff mm -hmm. and all of their friends, family, associates are going to see it. I mean, why not? Oh, yeah. It makes sense. It's a choice. It's not a. And to me, it's just it's just pressing some buttons and tagging yourself or whatever and pressing a button. It's not not inordinately complex. My sense of it from the public, uh, the consumer end, I think that the public looks at you as just amazingly professional when you make video or have an active social media presence. They do not. <laughs> they not do me. not? Not me personally. I don't think. Not Why? me personally. Uh, <laughs> because I'm weird and awkward and... Uh, but that's, that's what you're selling. Yeah, I mean, it's true. You could, put, you could put a business card and put your thing in like, Jordan Cash, weird and awkward massage. That's your calling card. I mean, I look at you and I'm like, lovely, beautiful, shaved on one side, greenish hair. You're never going to hide who you are. Nope. 
But if you put yourself on display and go, this is who I am, you'd be surprised how many people are like, well, I want to work with Jordan. <laughs> I mean, it happens kind of a lot. Yeah. Kind of a lot, yeah. I have and, a, a reasonably thriving practice. Yeah. For it, it's uh, like, a human where I'm at, so. It, like students, sometimes they push back against social media and I go, hold on, like, you guys like word of mouth, right? And they're like, yeah, we love word of mouth. And I go, this is digital, globally scalable word of mouth. And that video can continue advertising for you 24 hours a day. Mm -hmm. You're like, no, Robert, but I want, you know. And I'm like, I know. I know you want word of mouth, but why don't you, after the video live stream, say, Colleen, listen. Tell me how you feel about what we did today. Oh my God, Jordan, it was amazing. Thank you so much. Your, your sessions are amazing. You take that video clip, clip. You put it in your social media. What we say about us doesn't matter. What our clients and students say about us is huge. There's a vast marketplace for what you're doing. And there are enough clients in your area to continue supporting. You're trying to access the word of mouth of the clients you have, of their friends and family and loved ones to be able to rebook and then also have them give referrals. Because I don't know, whatever it is that is, is like your target demographic, the, the clients that you get along with, not the clients that you're like, okay, I'll work on them because I make money. The clients here are like, yes, Jennifer's coming in. Yes, I love, I love Jennifer. I will work on Jennifer and then go, Jennifer, listen, you were amazing. You were, I, I need a hundred of you. Do you have any friends or family who could benefit from what I do? Do you have friends or family that are cool like you? Because I need them as clients. That goes a long way. Yeah. And the video part is just increasing that, that word of mouth. I want, I want students, this is what I like. So students have problems getting clients. I want students to have the problems of prosperity. I want the students in my Fun. subscriber Fun. group to come to me and go, what do we do about taxes? And I'm like, ah, now we're, now we're having entrepreneur. What do I do with all this money? And I, I invest it. And they're like, what? Like, how do we? <laughs> I don't want the problems of broke. I, I've had those. I want the problems of prosperity, and that's what I want for my students. Like, Robert, I'm, I'm getting tired. And I'm like, are you fully booked? And they're like, pretty close. And I go, cool, the problems of prosperity. Have you raised your rates? And they're like, oh, but if I raise my rates, people aren't going to be able. I'm like, no, hold on. You're fully booked. Like I've had students, they'll be booked out for three months and they're like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, get rid of some of your clients. <laughs> right? There's only, you don't like. <laughs> there's only one of you and you can only do one session at a time. I'm not saying like, you know, go crazy, but if people don't want to pay an extra 20 bucks to see you, do you really want to keep working with them? That's fair. Yeah. Uh, that's all. That's all, or 10 bucks or whatever it is. Like if it costs, it's the Starbucks coffee. 
Like if they can't afford the $8 increase, like, do you really want to work with them? And they're like, well, what about when people can't afford? I'm like, listen, I'll take a case by case basis. I have never had somebody contact me and say, I was in a car accident years ago and I'm dying. I have eight out of 10 pain scale, you know, pain. I'm my light. I'm miserable. It's influencing my relationships. I've never turned anybody away because of money ever. I've literally gone, listen, you can't afford my fee. What can you afford? And they're like, well, I could do 200. And I'm like, sure, just go ahead and book a session. And they're like, really? And I go, dude, I'm not going to take somebody in pain and like rake them over the coals of what they can't yeah. afford after a, a global pandemic, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> like I got into the business because of chronic pain. I have a vested interest in helping people in chronic pain. And then I go, listen, if I'm able to take you in a single session from an eight to let's say a five, in one session, we write a Google review for me and they're like, oh, absolutely. Now, when I do that and take them from an eight to a three, what does that Google review read like? It don't sound like a massage. No. They, they write a review, they're like, dude, I don't, even, I don't even know what the fuck this guy does. This shit is like, he's a wizard. I, I don't even, he didn't even use a table and I didn't take off my clothes. I don't even know how to describe what he did, but I went from an eight on a pain scale to a three. Like my life is manageable because of what this guy does. And I go, awesome. <laughs> That's that, my Google review in a nutshell. <laughs> Google review, digital word of mouth. Yeah. This, that technology is not going away. Like yeah. I'm going to take this video when we're done and I'm going to cut little clips. And then I'm going to go to my social media and float it out. Put them everywhere. Here's what happens. You get a backlink on YouTube. It gets put through my Robert Gardner Wellness page with 12,000 followers, and I've got your business tagged in it. It's like why people don't want to, they don't want to use my network that I've already built over these years to help build their business and give them notoriety is unknown to me. <laughs> And then technique wise, it looks like you're dealing with a little bit more like pain relief stuff in your practice. I do almost exclusively uh, pain relief, chronic pain, long-term complex conditions. Um, I have ventured out into the world of like trauma-informed massage and working with some of the like the physical impacts of traumatic events. Um, I do all the things. I do everything. <laughs> and, and you prefer it to a relaxation-based practice? Oh yeah, absolutely. I like the occasional, you know, put me to sleep, whatever. It shakes up my day a little bit, but yeah, that's, that's kind not, of that's kind of how I am as well. Yeah, that's not like my bread and butter. That's not what fulfills me as a human. Like, no. what is the 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 fulfillment you get? What what do you what do you experience when you help a client with their pain? Like, what's your emotional response to that? Uh. Many times I cry <laughs> because that's who I am as a person. In session with uh, them? Just many times, yeah. yeah. Or like immediately after they leave, like I'll call my wife and be like, you'll never guess what just happened. <laughs> it's good. It's a good feeling knowing that that person feels a little better and that I could contribute to that. That's the yeah. work. That's why. That's the why. Everything else doesn't matter.
I mean, if you've got that foundation and you can build on it from a business and marketing sense, those are the clients that need to write reviews for you. Those are the clients that generally do. Yeah. My reviews are actually great. And uh, many of my clients, it's not there. I mean, everyone does the, you know, oh man, Jordan was great. She's amazing. Like, what, like fine. Uh, but like the real, what I find is that when people come to me saying that, you know, I saw your Google reviews, they didn't see that the, however many like five-star reviews, um, you know, like that said, you were amazing and professional. Like they say, I saw this person's review Yep. that said, you know, I have one person who wrote like a paragraph long review. She is super active. She has a job where she sits in the car a lot. She is stuck at her like in this a lot. Um, she has a lot of complex issues kind of going on in her both physical body and in her life. And she talks a lot about how, you know, getting to the point that we're at now and how that helps her in her life. That's the review that people most frequently cite when they come and say, this is why I'm here. Digital word of mouth. Digital word of mouth. <laughs> yeah, I wonder about students, and eventually somebody will do this. Eventually somebody will just have like a dedicated tripod, grab every client's phone, and just like Facebook Live from their client's Facebook account. Yeah. Because all of that client's friends and family who follow them on Facebook is going to see that. Hopefully you're tagging your, your business or whatever. Everyone, yeah. And it's just like a 10-minute clip or a 15-minute clip or whatever it is. You, you, get, you get craftier at it as you do it. It's like doing film on top of the art. It's not just right. doing the art. It's like putting a camera on the art. And you get better at lighting and camera angles and all that other stuff. And you can do it in a way that's very casual. But the cumulative reach and the cumulative response over years of producing content like that completely changes the perception of you and your business. Right. Like... I'm like, do you just want to be an average massage therapist or do you want to be a boss babe? Ooh. Not Jordan boss is babe. a boss babe. Ooh. I want to. I was a boss babe before boss babe was a thing. Like, <laughs> I hate the whole boss babe culture because it, of the, the culture that is established with that. That's a whole different story. Yeah. I work hard. I do my job. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. It's. Well, let's put it this way. I, I knew I had a challenge. When, when, when I looked at what I was teaching and trying to create for clients, I knew I had a challenge. But the saving grace was video. Um, I don't think my business would be anything um, if I had not embraced internet technology and social media. Right. It was really a matter of like... Robert, but you're not like very physically attractive and your personality and you talk a lot and you know, like it was like, well, okay, I mean I'm not for everybody, but like who are the people that want to work with me? So just put yourself on camera and let them choose. Robert Gardner Wellness. I had somebody recently on my YouTube channel, they're like, I'm unsubscribing for your channel because there's all these poker videos. This has nothing to do with wellness. And I go, My name is Robert 
I kind of get over here. Robert Gardner Wellness. Two thirds of the business is me, bro. Like your definition of wellness is different. Poker is how I deal with life. Uh, coffee reviews, liquor reviews, it's part of the good life. I post pictures of my dog. <laughs> ah, and here's the thing: people go, "Oh, well, my dog is coming into the the video or whatever," and I'm like, "Well, encourage that." And they're like, "What?" I'm like, "Dude, if you're a dog lover, what kind of dog do you have?" She's a German Shepherd Husky mix. Ooh, big dog. Yeah, thirty five pounds. Big dog. So Her everywhere. If you have your dog in the video, so let's say you're doing mat work, because this happens all the time, because the cats or the dog always want to come hang out with you. Yep. If the dog just comes and like lays down on the mat, and the dog is it's not at the forefront, it's not at the focal point, but the dog is in the background. People have a totally different emotional response to being like, "Oh, Jordan loves dogs, like I love dogs." Yeah. It's one of those personality things. It's why Robert wears Little Peep t-shirts and talks about poker and pets clips and poker hands. You know, it's like they're they're looking at the short-term behavior and not the long-term growth factor. As much as I had two people be like, I'm unsubscribing, and I'm like, okay, like you can just ignore the videos. Like, like, like if you don't like it, just go somewhere else. In fact, you know what? If you don't like the poker videos, you can subscribe to the Reboot Insiders Club and see 800 hours of the full <laughs> instructional curriculum. doesn't include poker video one. It's like I'm drawing a different audience who's interested in poker. And what happens if my bankroll continues to grow? And then I'm hanging out with semi-pro poker players. And then I'm talking to Lex Velduis because he comes onto a podcast. And I tell Lex that, hey, man, I learned a lot about loose aggressive play from you online with your, your YouTube tutorials. Thank you so much. And now I'm networking with people in the poker community and people invite me to go to Las Vegas to do body work and to go to poker <laughs> tournaments because you have a different social circle because you're using digital word of mouth. And they're like, I don't understand. What does this have to do with like tequila reviews? And I'm like, what do you think happens when I make enough money and I can just go down to Oaxaca and Jalisco and work on my Spanish and live stream where a gringo is like working on native Mexicans and like working on his Spanish and helping people. They're like, what? I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to get a really high-powered laptop and just live stream from Mexico while I teach. And they're like, in the short term, they're like, this guy's behavior doesn't make any sense. They don't have a full picture of like what I was trying to do. And for me, I go, what are Jordan's dreams? Because what do you really want? Because you didn't get into what you do because of the money. You told me. You're like, I cry. I help the, I help the client. <laughs> She wants to help people, so I want to help people. And that's what I teach fundamentally. But what are your real dreams? Like, who's the dream client? Who do you want to work on? Man, I have one client in mind, and obviously I can't tell you her name, but that person. Why? Her. Why can't you tell me your name? Privacy. Okay. Yeah. She would know. She would know. Doesn't matter. Not important. Um, because my my dream client is the person who needs me. Capital N needs needs what I do. Needs the relationship that we have. 
to do the thing, to grow, to be better. That's my dream client. And and that's the tweet. <laughs> Not the client who wants it, it's the client who needs it. Needs it. The the cash experience. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Hashtag cash experience. So oh, uh, I would do stuff like this. Like years ago, Robert Plant was uh, in town and I never had him as a client, but, but I would like write a tweet and go, Mr. Plant, you have not had a session with me yet, but I will work on you, kind sir. Contact me. I would feel free to give you a session because he was on Twitter. And you can write a message like that, not, not a DM, but like just on your wall. You know. Twitter. And like he'll, he'll get a tag, right? Um, I took a screenshot of something Ice-T did. I love Ice-T's uh, Twitter feed. Uh, Ice-T did, didn't take no shit. Let's put it that way. And uh, Ice-T was just laid back. He had glasses on like in a private jet or something. And he's like, this is me thinking about my haters. <laughs> <laughs> and I screenshot that and put it on my Instagram and tagged Ice-T. And then like 15 minutes later, Ice-T liked my Instagram post. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Because if I had to choose, those are some of the clients I would like to work on. And when you have those dreams, that thing that gets you excited, I think those are good. And I think those should be uh, uh, encouraged and supported. And then if it's not just the clients that you work on, do you want to stay in Kentucky or do you want to, where do you want to live? I, as much as I almost kind of hate it, I will probably live here the rest of my life. I why do you hate despite, it? Uh, mostly because some of the people, and like that is a controversial opinion for some, but whatever. Um, I am a gay woman that lives in the middle of Kentucky, in the middle of a red county. Like there are t three, two to three blue counties in the whole state. It's yeah. it's not easy necessarily to live here. Um, on top of the fact that, like, I'm a huge weirdo. I don't fit in with anyone here. But, yeah. Yeah. and you're not going to like this answer, but, like, the energy here is just so good. Oh, no, no. I'll talk energy all day. And when you okay. use energy in that context, that's got a different <laughs> a different <laughs> signature to me. Sure. sure. So, but uh, Kentucky is home. This is where my roots are. This is yeah. where... And, like, I, I grew up in Louisiana, and I love Louisiana. I have problems with it. I live in Austin now. I love Austin and have problems with it. Where would you... If, if, so, <laughs> if you could choose, and I, I mean global. I don't mean just, like, United States. Where would you oh, choose awesome. to live? Well, that's, that's the thing. We choose to live here. Okay. Um, yeah, absolutely. We, we talked about moving out of state, and it's just... Out, out of state in the context of, like, broad like if we could go anywhere where would we go uh my wife is the opposite i don't know that my wife would want to live here <laughs> she stays yeah. for me um but no like my roots are here so we talked about clients we talked about where you live then income level how much money do you want to make a year all of it <laughs> you sound like me <laughs> all of it. you're like there's no um, end like there's, <laughs> there's no there's no cap I'm not over here like a million, no. Like if I can make it in a way that is sustainable with my other not, you know, work life goals, then yeah, I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a, a benchmark for you? I'm not going to ask you what your income is right now, but is there a benchmark for you of where you feel like you've made it? And what is that amount? 
I don't know that there is. Um, because I don't, I don't want to or like to think about my life in like money. If my bills are paid, if my family is taken care of, if and what's I that can number? Be comfortable. Um, yep, no worries. That's what I, I hear. Know. No worries. What is the no yeah. worries number a year? Oh, man, I don't know. Comfortably single income, fifty k. Let's call it. My wife works. We don't need a lot. We live in the middle of nowhere. Cost of living is cheap. Yeah. And then how how close are you? No. <laughs> how close are you to that? Um, probably. I mean, I'm not far off, really. Okay, that was my hope. That was my hope. Yeah, no, yeah. not far off. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you know, like in the Austin area, if I talk to students about making 100k a year, they're just like, "Oh my god," you know, like. I'm like, guys, like people have tech jobs where they're making $300,000 a year. Yeah. They can afford what we do. Yeah. They sit at a computer all day and are getting carpal tunnel syndrome. I'm like, give, give me one session. Yeah. God damn. Mm hmm You get a, a, a regular chain of those people and that transforms your practice. It also allows you to afford continuing education and afford vacations and mm -hmm. afford better dog treats for your dog <laughs> you get the elk from amazon those elk bone elk antlers that are like sliced with the marrow she inside or whatever yeah. <laughs> whatever the dog needs i don't know i don't have a dog but anyway. um it allows you the lifestyle to make better choices for your health make better choices and lower stress yeah. um well not only that it gives you freedom in your practice as well like I, I do, I try to do, I've been not as consistent with this as I would like to be because of life, everything happening in the world today. But, um, I try to do regular pay what you can days where somebody comes in and they're just like, I don't have 80 to a hundred dollars to spend on an hour. Okay. I don't, I don't want to, it's not my goal to break people and they shouldn't go into debt for a massage or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got things to do and things to pay for. And having clients who uh, can like bankroll your practice gives you the freedom to work with the people who can. And that's the dream for me. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> I continue with students and with clients. You have a fairly successful business, but I go back to kind of like brass tacks. And I always go back to the relationship with the students, with the clients. And occasionally, like, I'll stop a client, especially if they're somebody I see regularly. Um, and now that we're, like, we're coming out of COVID, you know, I'll stop the client and go, listen, hey, I just wanted you to know, listen, I really appreciate the fact that you continued working with me through COVID and we managed you know, to keep each other safe and that sort of thing. But I just want you to know that I really appreciate, you know, working with you, the sessions we have and the income that's allowed me to maintain my business. Something brief. When you focus on the relationship, the connection with the clients and students, it's hard to think about the monetization, the, the money that 
comes from that connection. Because the, the students and the clients could care or could tell that it was more because I cared about them than it was about extracting as much revenue as I could from their wallet. Extract, where's your credit card? Extracting as much revenue as I could. Those things uh, go a long way. I think that's the backbone of my business personally. Like it's not, it's not the money. And to some degree, it's not even the work. It's, it's the relationships that you build with people. The rest of it is secondary to some degree. Uh, if I would call it like modality wise, do you have any, you, you join the subscribers group. Do you have any inkling of where you want your practice to go? No. I am open to uh, wherever wherever it goes. Um, like I said earlier, I start yoga teacher training in the fall. Oh, cool. Um, Are which, you taking that what, at a local facility? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any um, specific kind or style of yoga? Uh, you're you're gonna laugh at this, but I don't know. Um, it was sort of a decision that I made on a whim, which also was sort of how I made my decision about going to massage school. <laughs> Um, one of my good friends is a massage therapist who's been a yoga instructor for like four years, four or five years now. And, uh, it's the school that she went to. And I like the way that she lives her life and thought lifestyle. I could learn something from that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's truly what it is. Um, lifestyle. Yeah. One of the challenges yeah. for what I'm building. And I tell people this, like I'm building a lifestyle brand. They're like, what? If you, if you took what we think of right now is like a massage lifestyle, because we have visual imagery because we're in the industry, we know what that kind of looks like. It often revolves around the table, right? Then now we take yoga and now we kind of merge them into a new lifestyle brand for an NLPR therapist. Next level pain relief. Like I asked students one time about uh, Thai fisherman pants and they're like, I don't like Thai fisherman pants. I wear yoga pants, uh, that sort of thing. And that's a big part of the lifestyle brand. They want the physical goods and accoutrements that go along with that lifestyle. Next level pain relief ads are not going to be a people in scrubs. Hmm. Even though the scrubs yell medical, it's like too, it's too stuffy for <laughs> my brand. If I had, you know, uh, a next level pain relief ad and it was like, you know, gay pride flag for pride month and you with like shaved and then green hair, I'm like, <laughs> next level pain relief. They're like, are you? And I'm like, I I guess you could say I'm straight but not narrow. Like I've worked as a body worker for 20 years across like religious, cultural, sexuality, gender lines. Like it I'm just like I like you go do you. <laughs> do your thing. <laughs> as a lifestyle brand, like I told Kristen this at one point cuz we were talking about ads and video production and like evocative imagery 
And she's like, what does the next level pain relief ad look like? And I'm like, it's you being an attractive woman with nice hair in a red convertible on Highway 1 in California, <laughs> driving down the highway with your, wind, your hair blowing in the wind, and then journey your dog in the passenger seat. <laughs> and then it cuts next level pain relief. And she's like, what? But that doesn't say anything about body work. And it's like, but it sells a lifestyle. And everything about that lifestyle just said girl power and freedom. That's true. Lifestyle brands. How do we dress? How do we talk? How do we look? How do we present ourselves? What does social media look like? That is a bigger, 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 bigger thing that I'm, I'm working on slowly. And I haven't figured out uh, next level pain relief yoga pants for the women who are working with me yet. I'm probably not going to wear yoga pants. That's just me. A little too form-fitting for me personally. That's fair. But it's like, people love mats with the logo on it, and sheets with the logo on it, and t-shirts with sayings on it, and logos on it. And they want the stuff, the blankets, the bolsters, the pillow, the work, the, the materials. They, they want all the stuff that goes along with the lifestyle brand. And I don't see a lot of those. I don't see that in other educators in their marketing necessarily. I'm more cognizant of it. And I want to build the brand that gets all the freaky people of the world, in including, you know, gay women who live in rural Kentucky <laughs> on board. And it's like, uh, it's, it's interesting because I'm, I'm a white guy, right? And then there's certain assumptions made about that because of just how I present myself. And then I work with Kristen and Danielle, and as I put them in more and more video, they're getting more clout and things are growing. And, th and they're like, oh, they're like, yeah, the brand isn't you. I'm like, oh, yeah, it's not me. Like, the, the brand is like Nike. Nike isn't a guy unless Nike sponsors Jordan. And then Michael Jordan famously uh, was very apolitical. He never said anything about politics publicly. And when he was interviewed and asked about it, he's like, listen, Democrats and Republicans buy Nikes. Why would I want to like split the market? And I'm like, ah, because that's very, that's kind of how I look at it to some degree. It's like, you know, business, like the business isn't me. And I would tell Kristen and Danielle, like the reason we make so much video, the reason I'm doing this podcast with you is I'm trying to make the brand feminized and weaponized because you're making a video and people can't deny it when they see your success Kristen's success danielle's success jennifer's success best success michelle's success 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 again and again and again and again in video it starts to become the reality when it's just me it's just an outlier he's like he's just that grumpy we don't like him he's a grumpy guy and for a just while, some white guy doing the thing. that again, just some white guy doing the thing, doing yeah. a thing. Yeah. And, and there's all kinds of assumptions, you know, made about that. And that, that's fine. It's just it's just how just how people are. But. I'm, I'm very uh, cognizant about uh, and purposeful in getting students to make video content. And they're, they're sometimes like confused as to why. So like the apprenticeship I'm about to do. 
I'm working with the students to help them with some video production where essentially, Jordan, if you if you apprentice with me online, I work with you in this live stream once a month we do and I keep working with you monthly. And then over time, as you shoot video, you give me video clips and I'm going to do some editing and make video for you and give it to you polished and edited and voiced over and, you know, this sort of stuff. And it's like the students don't see it yet. But what happens when you got 10 students who've done that? Mm-hmm. who now have a voiced over video for their website. Hey, I'm Jordan Cash. If you're a client in chronic pain and you really want relief from a therapist who cares deeply about you and the process of healing, I would love to work with you. And it might be 30 seconds, but the imagery is of whatever you're you're doing in your practice. Like that that's the the language but the visual aspect is like you working on clients and it's flipping from client to client, whatever. That video is immense when somebody hits your website and watches that for 30 seconds. Right. It completely changes their perspective of what you do. I was doing tequila reviews and I was thinking about evocative. Like, I don't know if you know much about tequila making, but they, they take the pina, which is from the agave, and they slice off the outside and they roast it in these ovens and they shred it up and you know all this stuff and they were going through all like showing the hillside and where the agave are growing in this video and i had such a positive emotional response to the tequila because they were showing me that in video Mm -hmm. the process It, it changes like public perception yeah and then for me because i say that next level pain relief isn't me It's like the more I show students doing the stuff and winning and doing the stuff and winning and doing the stuff and winning, they're like, I want to be like Jordan. And I'm like, yes, (laughs) I have. Oh, my God, I've arrived. (laughs) They finally understand, like, the lifestyle brand I was trying to build, which isn't like a finger to the mainstream massage industry. It's just creating an alternative. Could we have practices that were better for the public, that were better for social justice, that were better for our local economies, including our own pocketbooks, but those of our clients? Could we, could we manifest things in a way that like improved the situation? Could we create like a, a better industry, so to speak? Like, could we take what we were doing as a massage and, like, improve it, essentially, is what I'm saying. And for a lot of people, I think they think, it's like, no, but it's massage. Like, massage is already great. It's like, yeah, of course it's great. But, like, could we improve it in various ways? And I think that's debatable. A lot of students across the country, they can't go get a session. One of the things you'll see as you continue to be subscribed is people will come in and ask, do you know someone in XYZ location who does what Robert is teaching? We have 500 subscribers. 500 subscribers, if you've got 50 states, means we have 10 students on average in any given state. And how many of those people are doing the full expression of what I teach? Right. Let me say? Right. Disagreeing. Disagreeing with you. And then... I look at it and you realize fundamentally what I'm doing is like a statistical anomaly. 
people in Austin who are massage therapists don't come in and get sessions with me. Now, I can speculate as to why, but most students who live in other places are complaining because they can't come get a session. You talk about like uh, the social good. I mean, I'm hearing, I, so I connect with you deeply on some of these levels, by the way. I don't know if you realize this or not. But uh, do you know much about the Time Massage Jam? No. So the Time Massage Jam was an event I started years, years ago. Uh, I say started, but basically I, I wandered into something that became the Time Massage Jam. I, I fostered it, nurtured it. Um, there was no facility in town to do mat-based work. They didn't allow it. So I created the Time Massage Jam so students could take a class and then come and continue working with me essentially for free. I ran the Time Massage Jam for four to five hours uh, once a week for eight years in Austin. It was nearly free. Wow. I think at most we did like donation. It was like five bucks or something. Massage therapists could come in for three to five hours a week and work with me for free. I work on you, you work on me, I teach you, you ask questions, we keep going. Massage therapists on the whole did not support the event. They wanted a CE class and I was like, like $500. Like, I know, but I want CE credit. I'm like, but you can just learn it for free. It was my, my gift to like the local community. I think one of the things that the therapist did not like is I was teaching the public. It was like couples massage on steroids. Frank and June would come in and, and they'd ask me to work on them and I'd, I'd work on Frank for a minute. And then say, June, let me show you how to do this. And then I'd have June work on Frank and the, like work with both of them. So it's sort of like, publicly close on on mats on a floor all public um it's like couples massage on steroids massage therapist i think what happened and i talked about that thing about status and prestige massage therapists didn't want to work with the public as if the public was on their level they wanted a ce class where they were the unique special people who had a license for this special secret information But as my fees went up, people couldn't afford it. And I said, oh, they'd call me and I'd go, oh, if you can't afford it, just come to the Time Massage Jam. If you get there early, I'll work on you for free. And they're like, what? And I'm like, it's a community bodywork event I run. Just come to the Time Massage Jam, I'll work on you. There were people who showed up, like if the jam started at 8 o'clock, they showed up 7.55. And they're like, hey, you ready? And I'm like, come on in. You're here first. I'll work on you. So... I was charging top dollar and I was giving it away. How do you do both? I was giving it away, but this is what a therapist didn't understand. It built, it built so much public notoriety around the time massage I was doing, I was getting clients. People from the jam had friends and the friends were contacting me from the caving community or rock climbing community and they're like I got this problem with my shoulder but my friend John went to this thing and said you could help me and I was like oh yeah you can come in and get a session and then I started filming it <laughs> <laughs> and talking to people and, and, and adding video on top of the jam but 
that's been my experience of the time massage jam and over year over the years I'm, I'm still tweaking the formula because i'm trying to get students like you jordan to get certified and run a time massage jam in your community and for you since you're going to yoga teacher training you go to the local yoga studio and you get everybody together and you lead a little class where you couples massage on steroids and you show them how to work together publicly as a group close on and then the therapist goes well, well how do i make money and it's like word of mouth and digital word of mouth stacked on top of the time of size jam that builds ongoing video production ongoing noise about you being Jordan Cash, the amazing therapist in Kentucky. I have to go work with her. Have to. Because I emotionally connected with Jordan through a video. I mean, uh, the subscription service is $7 a month. People are like, you can't do that. You got to sell high-priced, high-ticket. I'm like, no, no, no. We'll do this too. This is done with you. This is do-it-yourself. This is DWI, done with you. This is DIY, do-it-yourself. $7 a month subscription. Like, what, is it, what does it cost me? What does it hurt me? If we never have another conversation, Jordan, and you don't get certified, and you don't do mat work, but you, know, you, you hang out, and you, you steal everything inside my subscription service, including suspension, how do I lose? Am I, like, detracted from somehow? I mean, I don't think so. They're like, but you can't just... But it's like you're giving it away. And I'm like, I've been begging people to steal it for, like, 12 years. <laughs> like, this isn't, this isn't a secret. We have the internet now. We have social media. Like, I put out video obsessively. Nothing so, a secret. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You have a, a couple's massage class, and I think this makes sense to therapists. Having a couple's massage class, they understand, oh, the people, you teach them a little bit and they work on each other, but then they're going to want to come see you for a full session. It's like, yeah, they're never going to be as good as we are. Like, we're professionals. We have way more training and practice at it. We've refined and nurtured the art. Yeah. But it's a good community builder, and it draws in people who want you to lead them and you to work with them you know when we weren't filming the time of size jam i was playing like a crazy roster of music it'd be like beatles you know like we're playing sergeant peppers and all working on each other publicly yeah. when massage therapists walked into that they're just like dude i don't even know what's going on this is madness <laughs> because it doesn't look like massage school like it's clothed and everybody's on mats and remember what I said about status and prestige? Nobody could really tell who was licensed and who wasn't. I was given that experience in massage school to some degree. Um, the way that my massage school was set up was that we did all of like the fundamental work and anatomy, physiology, pathology, kinesiology, all the ologies. Uh, we did all of our like gatekeeping uh, like stuff to get to like clinics. And once we got through all of like the fundamentals and we had some like practice under our belts, we did actual CE classes with actual real life professionals that my massage school hosted. Um, and 
I think that was a very valuable part of my massage school experience, getting to go in and be an equal with these other really wonderful like professionals, you know? And at no point did I did I ever feel like less than. And so I think it's it's really interesting that that's sort of built in there. I'm making assumptions. I'm I'm making assumptions, but when I go to other cities and states, people always go like, oh man, I wish we had a time massage jam. And then here in Austin, it was mostly kind of ignored. Like, it was weird to me because fundamentally there was no, I mean, it wasn't as structured, but it's like, you could just ask me whatever question and I answered. Like, it was no big deal. So, well, listen, I uh, really enjoyed our chat. It was amazing to connect with you. If you have any issues in the future or need some help with something, you're a subscriber, just write in the Facebook group. Uh, feel free to go in and whack hornet's nests. Uh, I, I, I like when other people do the stirring for me. <laughs> you're welcome. I have arrived. Here yeah. we are. <laughs> and uh, if you ever have any problems with the, uh, the subscription or anything else, just let me know. Um, every six months, you'll get access to a new CE class, and probably before the end of the year, I'm hoping maybe sometime in July, I'm going to start the certification track. Um, I'm probably going to do the class live, uh, and then like charge people like a certification fee if they're going to go through and do some private stuff, because i got to give them a test at the end to be able to judge if they've learned it. So all of that stuff is coming up, and I'll put information about it uh, inside the Reboot Insiders Club. Excellent. I cool. look forward to the inevitable certification I'm going to have. So. <laughs> well, cool. Uh, yeah, and, and if anything, really, if anything comes up and you need some help with something, just feel free to reach out. Uh, thank you guys so much for uh, tuning in to the Robert Gardner Wellness Podcast. This might be a new record, two hours, 15 minutes, something like that. <laughs> Um, we'll talk again soon, and uh, thank you so much for uh, joining me today, Jordan. Thank you for the people at home watching this and listening. Appreciate you much, and I'll talk to you guys very, uh, very soon. <laughs>